Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point Consultants. And I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and therapist at Still Point Consultants as well. Josh, today we have a very special guest, Cynthia Schwartzberg. She is an LCSW in Atlanta, Georgia. She's the owner of a therapy practice, Synthesis, and she helps people clarify, unify, and transform. I'm so excited that we are speaking with her today about brain spotting and specifically more about spirituality. And she has been with brain spotting since its inception, practicing with individuals and couples. She is also a senior trainer and international presenter for brain spotting. And I know we'll mention this later, but I want to go ahead and let everyone know that she's also coming out with a book soon called The Curious Voyage, a rule breaking guidebook to authenticity. And it gives examples and exercises to take people on a voyage to their authentic self. So welcome, Cynthia. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be with both of you and for everybody that's listening, really. And our listeners have heard us talk about brain spotting before, um, and we're excited to get your take on brain spotting and all your knowledge and wisdom that comes along with that. What is brain spotting to you? Um, that's a great question. So brain spotting traditionally has been a model for helping people overcome all kinds of trauma, but it also works for enhancing performance. And in the process of being a brain spotting therapist and doing it, both having experienced it myself, as well as helping other people, it's almost become like um, a template or, or a way of understanding and being in life and with life and with people. So it's a very rich process. I could say one thing that I love about it as a therapist is watching somebody's um, journey to their own wisdom and healing. It is a lot of fun to watch that journey to their own wisdom and healing. I love that. Yeah. And I just, many of us as therapists, we learn it by experiencing it. And for myself, I also did a deep dive into experiencing it in my own healing and then Um, continuing on when things come up and working with people. Because I feel like as therapists, we're always on a journey to enhance who we are as human beings. And I think that's so significant for all of our listeners to hear. Like us as therapists, we are still people and we are still on our healing journey and we enjoy helping other people on their healing journey. Like what would you want someone to know? that is working on healing? That we have deep within us an innate wisdom to know what's what feels right and what can work and help us and to follow like their own inner voice or inner calling. Hmm. And in brain spotting, we talk about this process called the uncertainty principle. So just to know that we can't possibly know what's right or best for somebody else, but we can certainly help to support
support you to discover what's true for you. I think that's really interesting, the concept of helping people find what's true to them and what's true to them might not necessarily be true to us. Right. And so we do sit in that uncertainty of not knowing where we're going to go when someone is with us in our office or even just in talking in relationships. Right. So as therapists, we keep continuing to work on waiting and listening skills. Cynthia, can you speak more to that innate wisdom that you see people discover? Um, sure. It's a lot of us get feelings like, you know, in our gut, but then we don't always listen to it. So in the book, for example, I, um, I wrote about an experience I had where I heard like this little whispering voice one day I was, well, I was traveling to the beach and my bikes were on the back of the car and we had to stop for gas and facilities and stuff. So I heard that little voice, don't put the key in your pocket. This was the lock that I used to lock the bikes on the back of the car with at the rest stop. But I just put it in my pocket because it was a tiny little whisper and we all get those little whispers. And, you know, we used, so I came out, I couldn't find the key. And lo and behold, this was such a hefty lock that I ended up having to go to a welder to weld off part of the chain because it was such a heavy chain. <laughs> I was like, okay. So just recently, last year in Easter, I was cleaning out the garage and I was trying to figure out when, what to do with my rollerblades. And I thought, I'm going to put them at the end of the driveway, but I just didn't know when. And all of a sudden I got this sense of, I'm going to go put them down, back down now. And I saw this kid, um, actually a neighbor walking by. I said, hey, do you know anybody that might need some rollerblades? And he said, nah. Then I see a mom and a son um, on an Easter egg hunt. So I guess it was Easter and I said, hey, do you want some rollerblades? And lo and behold, the son wore the same size shoe I did. And the mother wore the same size shoe as the other pair of skates. And it just made everybody a very happy Easter. That's, <laughs> so, that's fun. And I think of it. And so I wrote about it and saying, like, as we clear our way to being able to listen to our whisper, the whisper gets louder and we feel more trust and faith in following it. Hmm. As we listen to that whisper, it gets louder. And we, what was that? You, we build the we trust. Feel, we trust and the faith of following it. Like I trust that voice in me a lot more yeah. now than I did when I, you know, was not listening to it when I put the key in the pocket. Ah. <laughs> or like many of us have those examples when we're driving and then it's like, oh, I think I'll take this road. Nah, it's usually takes longer but now we have ways so we don't have to worry about that or you know google maps or something right and i mean cynthia do you see this as, from like a spiritual perspective like this innate wisdom that we find or discover within our own truths that can potentially be found in brain spotting like how do you connect it to spiritual 
and brain spotting. Mm-hmm. So I guess it depends upon your language of what spirituality is. But if we think of ourselves as one form of another, a spiritual being, living a human experience is some phrase that I've once heard. But if you just realize and think that you're an incarnated human being or you're a birthed human being for, for different languaging, we each come to this world and we're each birthed with you know, that question of what's environmental, what's genetic, but what's also just the way we are. And even if it is genetic, it's like why the combination of genes one way versus another for some people. So we each have a different temperament, Mm -hmm. maybe isn't, but on a more, on a larger picture. So some people see of themselves as a soul, you know, that comes with connection or wisdom that you know we're not really ever connected to whatever you may call god so there's like that whisper or like science can't fully explain certain things right we don't make an assumption about a client we keep looking for what's whatever it is for them that they need and some people might say whatever like getting to the root cause of something like I, as a therapist, might be thinking about um, or like a dog. And I don't know why all of a sudden I'm thinking about a dog, right? Right. But then my client, through the process, may share that she was thinking about the dog that she had when she was little. Mm-hmm. Or I might smell something. And I say to my client, client, because I could say things like this to my client, I said, does this mean anything to you? And she went into a whole explanation of what that means. And then, you know, the family connection to that. And that, and that the same time that we're having the session, the family is like involved with this same scent. Yeah. So it's like those ripples and the, you know, brain spotting just has a lot of them, or somebody might be working on a, the loss of a relative. And we as the therapist, because we're sitting in deep listening and attunement with our client, we may hear something. And then later the client talks about their relative that whispered something. Many times in therapy when we're grieving, it's often like the grief process needs to go through some point of releasing it wasn't your fault or some apology or some completing conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if you guys have that in your practice, but I see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is that intuitive knowing without knowing. So there's an uncertainty of really not being able to know exactly what's happening or scientifically explain but there is that sitting in such deep listening and un, like in that openness to understanding of what could be possible, like even in that moment with that client. Right. And the less I sit there knowing based on some diagnosis that's been given or based on what they said and, oh yeah, I went through that too. That probably means blah, blah, blah. It doesn't mean that for that client. That's not their life story. That was my life story. Yep. 
I may have some inkling of understanding. And I think many times clients feel more comfortable going to therapists that may have a certain level of life experience or a certain part of life experience, Mm -hmm. because that does make somebody feel more comfortable. Right. Right. But even the therapist that is sitting with you with a similar life experience still doesn't know what's best or right for you, but they have um, a way of supporting you Mm -hmm. to discover that yourself. Well, and I think that that goes with the attunement of just the simple knowing that you are not alone in that space. Right. And that within itself can be very comforting to reassure them that they can go in whatever direction they need to within their own exploration. Right. Yes. And the other thing that we do in brain spotting is that we do work with that connection between the brain and the body. So we're aware that it's impossible if you think about one to four quadrillion synaptic connections happening in somebody's body, moving and shifting and changing. And now we know that the brain can continue to grow and change and reform um, neural pathways. We as therapists can't be predictors of what might be right or wrong or good or bad for somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's just even just on a very physiological level, not even a spiritual level. Right. Yeah, when you start to think of all of the layers that go in to how we are built or like even us interacting with our environment or relationally with each other, there are so many things working at once. Right. Which is all the more reason why a therapist needs to also work on themselves Mm -hmm. because where do we stop and somebody else starts or like we as human beings attune to each other's rhythm Mm -hmm. you know they did studies about this with women in college for example their cycles and when you're with some people you know how all of a sudden it's like wow I was kind of bummed but all of a sudden I feel really good Mm -hmm. or vice versa Um, there's definitely that sharing of the energy Right. The sharing of the energy, the sharing of the electric magnetic field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Energy. And I have to go back to something because this is, so this is what becomes like more of synchronistic or I see it as like a spiritual connection. I can't tell you how many times just within this week, people have, I've either heard or people have talked to me about the concept of whispers. Oh, Abby, when I hear two or more things in a day, I do just turn that mirror back on myself. So I might <laughs> check the whispers. I know. I need to check the whispers. And how you're listening to the whispers, right? Uh-huh. Or how any of us are. Right. Well, because so. it really is an invitation of, well, what does that even mean? Or what does it like? If I'm open and curious to that, or if I did my own work and brain spotting on that, like I have no idea where that would take me. Right. Which maybe we can let your listeners know that there is a way of working that's in, in terms of spirituality and meditation mm-hmm. with brain spotting that, yes, sometimes we need to go to a therapist because we can't resolve something on our own. But there's also a process in brain spotting we call self spotting. 
hmm. or gaze spotting. And it's written up in the brain spotting book. And it's when we are focusing our eyes specifically in a calm, grounded way on one specific space. And then we bring things up like a question and we quote meditate on it. We call it focused mindfulness. So it's not just mindfulness, but it's focused yeah. with almost like an intention and a direction. And um, in I was reading about yoga has a similar takshi, I think it is called, or no, D, it starts with a D, diksha, something like that. I forget the exact word that you felt when you're holding a posture, you focus your eyes on that one spot. So there, and there's also a meditation that you can just focus on a candle because they say, mm -hmm. the research has shown still eyes, still mind. So as we keep our eyes focused on one specific point, that helps to also calm our mind. Is there a specific name for that? Um, that is the candle exercise that we talk about in phase two that that's a specific one but you don't have to use a candle you can use it at any one point okay i've heard of the candle gazing meditation practice called trataka yes a man by the name of giuliani wrote an article about that looking at the science and how that that is still eyes still mind so we in brain spotting when we find an eye position that's also very similar where we're focusing the eyes on one spot and that really helps somebody go deep into their subcortical brain so that they can reorganize what has been not really working for them shall we just say to keep it simple and the a lot, the body doing whatever it needs to the brain and body connection for that to reorganize internally. Many times in when we are traumatized, we go into this state of shock. And then we our mind gets very narrow minded thinking. And then when something similar like that comes back up in our life, we tend to go back to the way that we were in that original time you know some people may call it like we get triggered and we revert back because our body is still not yet processed through something that it needs to process through there's this book called waking the tiger by peter levine who talks about like a dancer doing a, a leap and get, getting stuck in the air so we need to complete that process the body needs to shake out. We need to thaw out what's frozen inside, conceptually and also physically. And then that helps us also connect more spiritually. Because mm -hmm. I have experienced or heard of people struggling with even those same concepts spiritually, where the thinking becomes narrowed or they have certain physiological reactions um, when they're interacting with their spiritual life and you know all of those things are connected right 
But sometimes I think that people have also been traumatized spiritually. Absolutely. So it it's from various reasons or because thoughts and ideas of one way of doing something are really imposed, but it doesn't fully resonate. So there's an internal conflict around that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll just like, as younger beings, we just kind of space out. We call it dissociating in more therapeutic terms. Right. The thing that I find so interesting about brain spotting, a lot of the, like the self-spotting, the spotting with a candle, like all of these practices like can be and are used in a lot of spiritual practices, like the focused mindfulness, like the flame. I mean, we call you trip. Uh, I want to say trippy Taka, and that's not <laughs> that's from a movie. But Trataka, like that's flame scrying, or like I mean, and you can use any type of still point. So yeah, I see. Like there are a lot of overlaps. You know, another one, Josh, that just came to me is gazing. There's certain spiritual teachers that are gazers that you just go and you sit before them and you they just gaze into your like into your soul and it's so nourishing for people. And in brain spotting, sometimes clients will choose to look at us. Yeah. So I can really understand the concept of like how brain spotting reinforces that still small voice that whisper and the more you allow yourself to sit in that space become acclimated with it trust it trust yourself like that voice will begin becoming a more prominent component in your life and can become something that helps guide and direct you a little bit more than I mean, because a lot of us have closed that section of our lives off. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, no. Reason took over. Right. And that's one thing that I really enjoy about brain spotting is that it allows us to become more aware of our sensory body and how that then translates into our, like, everyday experiences so yeah yeah i think of what you're saying is it's such a grounding process and the thing is that when we're in a therapeutic relationship and a lot of trust and faith is put into us as the client that that helps us begin to reconnect back to the sense of self You know, so we're talking about that core innate self and that like, I believe your body and brain can move through this and can get through this. I believe in you. And that happens in lots of little ways through the the session and through the process of the therapy that that sense of self gets stronger and stronger. And in the process that we use, it's a very grounding process to support somebody to get there on their own and to find their own inner rhythm. 
You know, I think a lot of like our anxiety comes from we're disconnected from ourselves, like we're disconnected from our rhythm. And so a lot of our society just like you got to wake up at this time, you got to do this at that time. Like some of us are like night owls. It doesn't work. I'm a morning person, not a night person. Somebody else is a night person, not a morning person. And um, we're, we're out of sync and out of rhythm. So being in this process that you kind of go with the flow and we use this phrase that the therapist is in the tail of the comet, like the client is leading and guiding and their rhythm is leading and guiding. That's a very spiritual, deep, reconnecting process. I agree. I mean, I think for both, like for the therapist who generally has always had to have all the answers to be able to kind of step back and to trust the process like that is huge in and of itself. And then to empower the client to, in in a sense, like take a sense of control over their own healing. Like, yeah, like those are huge processes for both people. And then for the therapist to not only kind of, in a sense, surrender, but to be witness to that process for that client. Like, I think the witnessing is a huge healing component. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I do think as the journey of a brain spotting therapist, you know, we learn to surrender to the process, to surrender to I don't know. A lot of the trainings are around kind of regrouping ourselves as therapists and changing the how we work, you know, or the way that we work with people. Not having to learn a whole new setup or protocol. Like it's much more about how we work with people differently yeah Cynthia how do you find brain spotting supports like spiritual growth um that's an interesting question of what is spiritual growth right right so do you have a sense of when you ask it what your frame of reference is in it or what your listeners might have as a frame of reference from what we've been talking about I think that's what we've been saying like Mm -hmm. I mean I guess in my brain like my idea of spiritual growth is becoming more authentic becoming more aware and intuitive like trusting yourself and the that whisper that can kind of build I mean so for me like I I mean I know you were asking Cynthia but no 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 I want you to answer I was asking for a frame of reference. It's all of us. But I do think that like the entire process and what we've been talking about is it is the process of, in a sense, spiritual growth. And I mean, even outside of like the new agey, occulty type understandings that I come into the process with, like even Christianity, like a lot of the same types of principles have been used throughout like religions and spiritual practices throughout time to kind of help them become closer to the deity or the god that they're praying to or whatever i mean whether that's like meditating on something like that focused mindfulness or whether that's witnessing or whatever it is like 
the whole process is really about, I mean, we want to say personal growth, mental health, (laughs) healing and all of that stuff. But I think that like below the surface, like there is an entire array of spiritual processes kind of happening for those who are willing to kind of engage with them and for an entire population of people who are seeking that. You know, I think that's beautifully said. Um, for a spiritual path I was on, they, we looked at, first we're not aware, and then that we become aware. And once we're aware, so therapeutically, it's like, I don't know why this is happening. Then I start to connect my actions and my thoughts and the results. So I'm starting to become more aware. And once I'm aware, the gift is that I don't have to, like, um, I have more choices. And when I have that, I start to also then understand how I didn't in the past. And if there's, like, a lot of trauma or any kind of trauma there, it's like, I did the best I could with what I had at the time. Like, when we can start to differentiate that was then and this is now. It's a huge click in our healing. And we all come to it in our own timing. There's no like good, bad, right or wrong about that. But it does help us know that when I keep entering and repeating patterns over and over again, part of that is chemical or in my implicit memory. And some of it is um, a wish and a hope that this time it will be different. But if I can start to look at the past and the present and see what is that similar theme, belief, or thought I might have, then it's also taking it into my own personhood. So I have more um, agency over that and I have more options for healing it. And I don't know if you saw like the movie Inside Out. It was a beautiful example of like, we need to get to sometimes those old, wounds and pains the original not the familiar ones that we keep repeating but something about that original loss of that moment in time or however it works for people but once we do that we have a deeper understanding that we we do start to develop this aha kind of awareness and knowledge you know and um and i think that that's the spiritual journey is like going from the automatic pilot. And so this is a lot of what the book that I wrote, The Curious Voyage, is about. It's going from that automatic pilot into that awareness and into like, is that mine? Is it somebody else's? Why do I want to keep doing that? How is that serving me? Starting to inquire into ourselves about things. And with the brain spotting, it's a vehicle for helping us get there without having to even know all the words and the whys and the hows because the body is just doing it and that deep subcortical kind of reorganizing of those neural pathways it just kind of happens you know somebody said to me recently like i used to be able to like not have to look at stuff and now it just seems to be happening but i'm glad that i know that i feel something because um, and a few people have talked about, like, I, I used to be able to compartmentalize, you know, or 
I used to be able to not be bothered by that. But once we get to realize my physical body that has senses and part of my senses to feast or feel something. And when I feel something, it may feel comfortable, it may not feel comfortable. But now I'm awakening and I'm much more grounded in my brain and my body. And once I'm grounded, then when I do have spiritual experiences, it's not as even as scary. You know, like before we were talking about energy. So when my energy is more opened and fluid, but yet I also have some agency about it. I'm not being so like sometimes we come to a spiritual path and we're very porous and we're very empathic and we take in a lot of stuff, but we don't have that sense of differentiation. So in the brain spotting by going so deep into that subcortical connection, I think we we get grounded in ourselves that it's organically happens. It's almost like um, becomes like quantum physics. And I mean, Cynthia, the piece that keeps resonating with me the most is this concept of what is unseen becomes seen. Oh. And whether that be in the subcortical brain and trying to organize that, or whether that be in the body trying to process that felt sense or whether it be in the emotion being validated or reconciled to me. I also think of that as the spiritual process Mm -hmm. and a spiritual growth that brain spotting offers. Yes. And when you said that, I was thinking about the power of that statement, the unseen becomes seen. And then I'm thinking how we each see differently. Mm Mm-hmm. So some of us see on a spiritual level through sound. Mm -hmm. Some of us see through sight. So like some people can see auras. I always wished I was one of those people, you know. So I do these eye exercises to try to be able to see auras. But some of us just see, but it's like a sense see. It's not a physical form that I see, but I use the word see. I just see this about you. Mm Mm-hmm. But I can't describe it. I just, like it's either a gut reaction or a body felt sense. Like some of us just say, that doesn't feel right. Like, and that's my discernment. Mm -hmm. Something feels right, something doesn't feel right. And through getting to find and brain spotting, so for the listeners, we find a body felt sense that connects to an issue And for some of us, it's just a practice of learning how to even feel something in our bodies. You know, it depends upon where we start with that. But um, once we have a body felt sense and we start to realize we have these body felt senses, then it's like we're tuning up. We're Mm -hmm. tuning in, you know, like a radio. It's like, oh, I'm at a different station now, you know, and. And what was blocking in life or what was challenging in life, we don't experience it so much anymore. Like I used to give, you know, like a talk and I still do sometimes I'm brain spotting. So I go and I give a talk and I'm focused on the guy that um, grabs me at the end and tells me like the what's wrong with it. (laughs) And my colleague says to me, I don't know why you always get those people when I give talks I don't get them (laughs) so I realized that after working on that and working on myself more and more that doesn't happen 
because I also see the world differently. So talk about seeing and the people that I spend my effort towards are different than I used to. Mm-hmm. So things show up differently. And I have to say, I, I give a lot of credit to brain spotting for that, for my own personal journey. I think Josh, both Josh and I can attest to that as well. Totally. That awareness building, I think is really important and pivotal. And like one of the great things that brain spotting can provide. But as you were talking about Cynthia, like where people may not even be connected to their body at all. And then like working with some clients who are rather in tuned with their body and then they start sensing things even outside of themselves, like in energetic fields. And I, yeah, I just think that that's fascinating that, well, it's here, but it's out here, here. Right. So, yeah, I think that that it's interesting how even that felt sense can at times extend beyond the physical body within our own energy because I do have clients who do that <laughs> quite often. Right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. You know, and also Josh, I think that we can't be separate. So I, you know, they used to think that in an atom it's the nucleus, the electrons and the protons, but electrons move far away from the center of that atom. So my electrons might be in like your space, your electrons might be in my space. We as human beings can't be, we're not separate. We can't, it's impossible to separate out. But as we're starting to get to know ourselves and our journey, we do want to start to have that differentiation experience. Because some of us, especially if we've been traumatized and we disconnected from our bodies, we've dissociated, we don't have a sense of where we stop and start, right? So it's helpful to begin that part of the journey. But I can realize that I'm a highly sensitive person and I get very attuned to other people's energies. And from that, I can begin to learn to that somewhat of a differentiation. It's like, well, I wasn't feeling that before. How did I now feel that? Well, maybe that wasn't mine or maybe that was mine, but mine, yours. I mean, there's some spiritual teachings that says we're all one, right? So there's no differentiation on the, at that level. And I'm not saying that's a brain spotting point of view, but, but we do in the brain spotting talk about everything in a session, everything's part of the session and it's in the field. And we as therapists, when we hear something, we might have a little surprise internal feeling or a a physiological reaction before we can even think. And then we can open up more to compassion for our clients when we are aware and attuned to that. So another piece that therapists work on is what we call the limbic countertransference, limbic meaning from the limbic brain or that physiological first response before we before thought it's been a beautiful process like in the beginning you said like what does brain spotting mean to me it means so much about what life means you know 
such a full experience with so many different layers. It does offer a completely different perspective for people to consider of how to open their awareness. Right. And I think that, you know, just to go a little bit back to the self-spotting piece of it, it offers a tool to help people during these very trying times. Mm -hmm. I mean, we turn on the radio and there's, you know, another horrific something. So we have our own personal trauma builds on trauma. So we have our own personal experiences about it. You know, David Grant, who started Brains Budding, talked to me about this thing called the existential traumas. So we are all living in these traumas that affect all of us. It's large masses of events happening, you know, like whether it's bees, something from like an earthquake or whether it be something that's like riots or whether it be COVID and, you know, it may affect some of us differently. And now like this past week with the shootings, you know, I live in Atlanta. There's just so much that we need to keep ourselves kind of clear. So, you know, like when we have to dust and vacuum, like we have to clean out sometimes. So psychically we need to keep cleaning out and self-spotting is a great tool for that. You know, by finding an eye position that helps us feel grounded and connected and then doing that focused mindfulness. I do give an exercise of it in the book too, that um, building off of what David gave in the brain spotting book. And that's something I want our, our listeners to know is that we will be sharing the book when it comes out Thanks. so that everyone could have access to it. Thanks. And knowing that Cynthia does trainings for people who aren't necessarily trained in brain spotting. Yeah, thank you. I do have a lot of passion for teaching it. Part of that is that due to the ripple, like, you know, you tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on, that expression. So when we help and give uh, this tool or this method of working with two therapists, then there's so many more people that can be supported and helped by it. And uh, we're going to start a fellowship with the Southeast Brain Spotting Institute to help um, where we can get brain spotting to areas that um, may not be able to get it otherwise. That's very cool. And like we talked about before, you guys know it too. Like just when we watch somebody heal, that they've been holding something for 20 years, and then how that ripple can affect all the people in their lives, going back to the spiritual element of it that when i feel my heart can be opened again so we want to talk about spirituality from the point of view of love so when i can have an opened heart and i can be more present and empathic for people in my life or more patient that is a very strong rippling effect you know think talk about the exchange of energy you know like there's certain people you just like to hang out with for me, it speaks to another facet or quality of brain spotting is this concept of expansion and growth. Yes. So not just healing trauma, but where you go e- even extending from there into expanding and growing into whatever area 
you seek? Yes. I mean, expansion is so important. And sometimes it's just looking at possibility, finding an eye position for the possibility of what I want to grow into. Um, so I'll, I'll often support people to just say like, and if you feel like that could be possible, let's find that eye position and then just clear out whatever's standing in the way of that. Mm-hmm. But another piece that you reminded me of is that sometimes we find in a God spot or a higher power spot or a spiritual spot that we where do you feel most calm, grounded and connected when you think about your relationship to God and finding an eye position for that and helping that expand. Mm-hmm. And that's where like I hope our listeners can hear that it is truly limitless. Yeah. That there's no one direction that brain spotting would take you or not one problem that it would solve. It's much more expansive than that. And Cynthia, we are so thankful that you were able to join us and share your passion and all of the knowledge that you have. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's such a delight. And I I hope that it can support, you know, and turn on some light bulbs or inquiring things for people that are listening and it adds value to their lives. Mm -hmm. and I appreciate their time being with us and sharing this conversation so thank you and as always feel free to check out our website at www.stillpointshealing.com you can check out our Facebook, Instagram and Pinterest at stillpointhealing And you can always email us here at the podcast with any questions at so you can heal at stillpointhealing.com. And a invitation to all those listening, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast because the more rates and reviews and subscriptions we have, the more present we can be for others to experience the So You Can Heal podcast and begin healing parts of their lives. So you get to be a part of others healing if you would just take a moment and rate and review us and subscribe. And if you already have, many blessings and thanks. And until next time. Bye. Bye.